One of the experts that has examined these crooked Dominion machines has absolutely what he believes is conclusive proof that in the last 10%, 15% of the vote counted, the votes were deliberately changed. And Rudy Giuliani deliberately lied. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Now he's getting sued for it. I got the feeling that something right. Sad. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. We're also heard in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's. KEPW in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP in Rochester, New York on WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN in Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. Up in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for you on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk blanketing planet earth five days a week i'm brad friedman your friendly investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us today welcome to the bradcast if you thought the news was somehow magically going to slow down now that donald trump is out of the white house well uh lord hopes it will eventually uh, but today is apparently not that day. <laughs> no, sadly, sadly, no. Hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm glad that we spent a lot of time talking about Joe Biden and his nascent efforts to uh, begin rolling back and reversing the most egregious excesses of the Trump era, uh, as well as to begin pushing forward. Uh, through about 27 different executive orders signed in just last week, in just his first two and a half days on the job. Glad we talked about that. Uh, A lot of Joe Biden on Friday's broadcast. I had actually hoped to open up the phones on today's show to discuss some of that and to take the temperature of our listeners and how they thought things were going uh, out of the starting gate for Mr. Biden. And if time allows, we we may do a bit of that today. Uh, for the record, if you want to write it down, our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. If you'd like to queue up on the premise, perhaps the dubious premise, Desi, that I might be able to get to some calls today. Uh, but, oh boy, 
it, it was, uh, even as we go to air right now, the news is still breaking. The uh, House is said to be delivering the articles of impeachment to the Senate. Um, but, you know, it was just minutes after we got off the air from our Friday show that stuff started breaking like crazy. And it has not stopped. It did not stop over the weekend. It hasn't stopped today by a long shot. So I'm just going to do my best to sort of dive in and see if we can get everyone caught up uh, to what has been going on, what we have learned and where things are still going in the still unraveling story of Donald Trump's even more astounding than we knew, even closer than we knew, attempt to steal the 2020 election from voters using, among other things, the levers of power available to him as president, which I should happily note here again, he mercifully no longer is. Uh, and with the loss of his considerable immunities he, he enjoyed while serving as president, there are, at least in theory, no more such immunities available to him beyond those afforded to your average rich white Republican citizen. But uh, let's pick up where we left off at the very end of, of Friday's show, which, by the way, you can always download along with every other show, an article that we have ever done or posted in our officially now, Desi Doyen, 17 years uh, as of this week, yes. Oh, my God. This is our anniversary week. 17 years? Yes. Ouch. It only feels like 70. Uh, anyway, yes, it's our anniversary of, of troublemaking and muckraking and investigative reporting and broadcasting and otherwise covering all of this stuff. You can download our Friday show and all of the others at brandblog.com. Yes, we are an open book. Uh, our shows, our stories are all there, are all free. We at least believe in transparency and independently verifiable evidence and reporting. So anyway, uh, congratulations to us. That said, at the very end of Friday's show, news had just broken that the U.S. House would be delivering its article of impeachment for incitement of insurrection by Donald John Trump. To the Senate on Monday, with a trial to begin possibly as early as Tuesday, unless the new Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer <clears throat> struck a deal with now Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, which it appears they now have. And frankly, it's a deal that I don't think is going to help much uh, for Donald Trump, for the now former and disgraced president in his second Senate impeachment trial. That that trial is now set, it looks like, to begin the week of February 8th. So we will likely see actual formal proceedings, formal hearings begin the trial itself on February 9th, about two weeks from now. And based on just the stuff that broke over the past, I don't know, 72 hours or so, the more hours that go by, the worse things are looking for that disgraced and former president at this point. Uh, so let's begin here for the moment. On Monday, uh, the voting machine company Dominion Voting Systems sued former President Donald Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, for defamation, seeking $1.3 billion for what it describes as a months-long, quote, big lie about the company. Dominion had previously threatened to sue Giuliani, who subsequently doubled down on his false claims about the company, even after Dominion had already sued the pro-Trump lawyer Sidney Powell 
for the same amount of money and uh, had sent warning letters to various right-wing media outlets and and opinion hosts, so-called opinion hosts like Fox's Lou Dobbs and Fox's Sean Hannity and Fox's Janine Pyro. Pyro? Fox's Maria Bartiromo, etc. And just for good measure, late last week, um, the company also sent a similar warning to wingnut pillow salesman Mike Lindell, the CEO of the MyPillow company, which uh, actually likely has the $1.3 billion that Dominion has been filing suit and demanding so far against Powell and now Giuliani. If I am Mike Lindell at this point... I'm not sleeping well, no matter what pillow I'm actually using. Again and again, in the suit filed on Monday, just as we have been repeatedly explaining on this show for the bulk of the past two months, um, Dominion notes that Rudy Giuliani was willing to go uh, much further with his evidence-free fraud claims about the company in the court of public opinion in the public sphere than he was willing to go in the, you know, the actual court of law where lying can result in very serious penalties. If he actually had the evidence that the company had stolen the election for Joe Biden in some way, as he was repeating and lying over and over again, he would have included that evidence in his lawsuits. But he never did because there is no such available known evidence, period. Instead, he simply slandered and defamed the company on behalf of hoping to get a preemptive pardon, I guess, from Donald Trump, which, by the way, that never came. And in hopes of making money selling gold and medical supplement pills to seniors on his radio show and his podcast shows. So in its 107-page filing on Monday, Dominion alleges of uh, Giuliani, quote, although he was willing to make false election fraud claims about Dominion and its voting machines in a court of law because he knew those, uh, I'm sorry, because he was unwilling to make false election fraud claims about Dominion and its voting machines in a court of law because he knew those allegations are false, he and his allies manufactured and disseminated the big lie which foreseeably went viral and deceived millions of people into believing that Dominion had stolen their votes and fixed the election. The suit, uh, filed, by the way, by one of the nation's top defamation attorneys that Dominion has hired, alleges that Giuliani knowingly and maliciously spread false information about Dominion for months for his own political and financial ends. The strategy began in the suit's telling, even as election results were still rolling in. According to Axios, uh, who um, uh, quoted uh, an Axios report that was quoted in the complaint itself, Giuliani laid out his plan in the early hours of November 4, uh, you know, the, the night of Election Day on November 3rd. He would say he said, quote, there's no way Trump lost. This thing must have been stolen. He said, just say we won Michigan. Just say we won Georgia. Just say we won this election. Dominion later cited several instances of Giuliani using his YouTube show, ironically named, seriously. His, do you know what his YouTube show is called, Desi Doyne? No. Common Sense <laughs> with Rudy Giuliani. 
ironic. Uh, anyway, he used that show to talk about uh, Dominion and election integrity and then uh, hawking everything from cyber theft protection to uh, joint pain supplements and cigars and precious metals and so-called a so-called conservative alternative to the AARP. Uh, it, it also mentioned reports uh, that he, the uh, Dominion suit, demand, uh, that he demanded $20,000 daily from Trump for his work, money which Trump, by the way, reportedly has since refused to pay him because that's how Donald Trump rolls. Filed in the federal district court in Washington, D.C., the complaint charges Giuliani of carrying out, quote, a viral disinformation campaign about Dominion made up of, quote, demonstrably false allegations as based on more than 50 statements Giuliani made at legislative hearings, on Twitter, on his podcast and in the right wing news media, where he spun a fictitious narrative of a plot by one of the biggest voting machine manufacturers in the country, to flip votes to uh, to now President Joe Biden. The suit, at times, goes into detours to discredit the witnesses that Giuliani cited in his public crusade against Dominion, including an anonymous purported Venezuelan military officer who asserted that evil communist voting software was, quote, in the DNA of American voting machine companies. And that, of course is where I come in. Uh, And my own accurate, detailed, exclusive investigative reporting at bradblog.com on Dominion voting systems and several other voting machine companies from about 2008 to 2010, which these clowns lifted and bastardized and reimagined to tell a completely different story than the actual independently and verifiably accurate story that I reported at bradblog.com 10 years ago. But using the basis, the basis of my story, which was Dominion's 2010 purchase of another voting machine company that had once been owned by still another voting machine company that was once tied to Venezuela and and the now dead Hugo Chavez, um, in order to now pretend that the now dead Hugo Chavez and or his friends in communist countries like China and Cuba and also too just for fun, they threw in Italy and Spain and Georgia, um, Germany, not Georgia yet, getting ahead of myself. Uh, Somehow uh, they used uh, software, all of these countries in this, you know, worldwide scheme somehow use software to flip votes on Dominion uh, voting machines from Trump to Biden. Of course, uh, they didn't bother to ask me if they had the story right when they were citing my original reporting because they did not care. They just took the words Venezuela and Hugo Chavez pretty much and ran with it, slandering and defaming a company and its employees who, as the lawsuit details today, began receiving the most vile of death threats to make up a completely evidence-free story that Donald Trump was robbed. Now, as I noted a few weeks ago, when Sidney Powell was also sued by Dominion and when they sent threat letters uh, about these suits to her, warning that these would be coming, uh, they sent these letters to her, to Giuliani, to the wingnut media outlets, Fox News and Newsmax and OAN, Uh, all of whom had repeated these all of these bogus claims. 
So as I mentioned, uh, when when these letters started coming out from Dominion to all of these people, I take no joy in defending any voting machine company because I don't believe that private corporations should have any part whatsoever in our public elections, much less with their software, secret software or otherwise. Several of these companies have spent uh, many years misrepresenting their systems, lying about their systems. So make no mistake, I am no fan of Dominion or any of these other voting machine companies. For example, the much larger ESNS or the smaller Heart Inner Civic or any of the tiny mom and pop uh, companies that uh, now pollute our public elections. Yeah, I mean, your basic bottom line is there should be no secret software and no private companies running our public elections. Some of the uh, wingnut outlets who misreported on the company after uh, receiving threats of lawsuits from Dominion have now retract and apologized for their inaccurate reporting in hopes of avoiding a legal battle. They are smart. This month, for instance, the right-wing American Thinker website, which is a right-wing propagandist website, they were smart enough, at least, to post an apologetic note saying that its reports about Dominion, quote, are completely false and have no basis in fact, unquote, and that, quote, it was wrong for us to publish these false statements. Well, good for them. Good for them. Uh, now, I've heard from a number of my uh, election integrity colleagues that, that that they are now worried about all of this, about these lawsuits. Um the idea of, of, of this both putting folks like us in danger of similar lawsuits, of being sued by these companies, and also the idea that all of this will now make it more difficult uh, to make the case about concerns about these voting systems. The latter part of that may be true, as Democrats over-argue their belief that these systems are great and that they're totally secure and they couldn't possibly change the results of an election— uh, news for those Democrats. In fact, those machines absolutely can change results of an election. And the evidence for mistallied elections is often very, very difficult to get at. But yes, they can change results. But the fact that they can change results is not the same as saying they did change the results. And guess what? In this case, while they might have changed the results... There is no absolutely no evidence that they actually did. In fact, there's quite a bit of evidence that they did not, like unprecedented statewide hand counts and recounts in Georgia and the fact that most jurisdictions where Dominion was used actually went to Donald Trump. Pretty stupid way for Dominion to steal the election uh, to give all of those counties to Donald Trump, don't you think? Am I worried that I could be sued by Dominion? Well, anybody can sue anybody, I guess. But as I've been reporting on Dominion for more than a decade now, and I've never received a warning, much less a lawsuit, I suspect that's because they know that everything I have reported about them was actually true and not made up out of whole cloth as Powell and Giuliani and Fox News and Pillow Man and all the rest have done. 
Here's Giuliani at one of those phony legislative hearings that he was holding around the country after the election and before Joe Biden was sworn in, spreading lies about Dominion. This one uh, at the beginning of December in the Michigan state legislature. And see if you can spot whether you know how these voting machines work or not. See if you can spot the lie here. Whatever you want to say about Dominion, read its history. Read the history of Dominion and you'll get an idea of what a crooked company it is, which maybe is the reason they don't want to show up here. They really don't want to tell you that the two of them that own it are Venezuelans and they brought uh, the, two, the two Smartmatic owners. They brought the two guys who are Canadians down to meet Chavez just two years ago. They don't want to tell you that. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe they don't want to tell you that because it is not true. And how do we know that? Well, if they met Hugo Chavez just two years ago, it must have been one hell of a gruesome meeting since Chavez had been dead for five years by that time. Uh, Never mind, you notice how he skipped from Dominion to Smartmatic, which is a completely different company that has nothing to do with any of the swing states. Smartmatic has only one contract in the U.S. uh, for voting systems. And guess where it is? It's here in Los Angeles. Yes, the new unverifiable touchscreen voting systems used here in Los Angeles, which I have not heard uh, the Trump campaign contest as of yet. That's the only place that Smartmatic has anything to do with American elections at this time. And yet uh, somehow Rudy Giuliani is turning Dominion into Smartmatic so that he can claim that they were down there meeting with Hugo, with dead Hugo Chavez two years ago. So, yes, I am delighted to see them sued, and I'm happy to testify on behalf of Dominion if they ever call me, although I doubt they will because I don't know that they would like what I have to say about their systems either. Although you can uh, rest assured, at least I will tell the truth about them. Dominion uh, weighed Giuliani's claims about election integrity against public records and those who came out vocally against The stolen election narrative that would include, quote, reliable sources like Trump appointee Bill Barr, Trump appointee Chris Krebs, Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, federal judges and 59 election security experts. By the way, some of those folks are anything but reliable sources. Still, Uh, You just you can't make stuff up, period. Which, uh, you know, I certainly know as a journalist, you would think as an attorney, which I guess Rudy Giuliani still is, you would think he would know. Uh, Using third party Twitter analytics data, Dominion showed that Giuliani's assertion about the assertions about the company reached potentially hundreds of millions of Americans The company reprinted pages and pages of tweets and other comments from web users responding to things that Rudy was saying about uh, Dominion's role in stealing Trump's rightful second term. They were levying appalling death threats that I cannot even read on this show from the lawsuit, frankly, or I would be fined dozens of times by the FCC. But these were death threats against Dominion and against its employees, its contractors. And leading legislators 
in multiple states to declare their intent to review existing Dominion contracts and maybe get rid of them altogether based on these completely false charges that Trump and Giuliani and so forth were spreading through social media. According to the suit, uh, Giuliani's false tweets about Dominion were liked over 534,000 times, over half a million times, and were foreseeably retweeted over 160,000 times. The retweets disseminated Giuliani's false tweets to over one and a half million Twitter accounts. Based on the average followers and the number of retweets overall, Giuliani's false tweets about Dominion potentially reached more than 331 million Twitter accounts or about the same number of accounts as the entire U.S. population. As a result, uh, the suit continues uh, of the uh, viral disinformation campaign. Dominion has been unfairly subjected to the hatred, contempt and distrust of tens of millions of American voters and the elected officials who are Dominion's actual and potential customers have received emails, letters and calls from their constituents demanding that they avoid contracting with Dominion or using Dominion machines. Now, of course, I'm all in favor of, uh, you know, demanding that they don't use Dominion machines, that they don't contract with Dominion. But again, based on facts and the truth, not based on made up lies. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can certainly hate Dominion and you can hate the idea of them running up our public elections, but hate them for factual reasons, not for made up reasons like Giuliani is trying to put forth. That's what he did. And uh, now he's being sued for one point three billion dollars of it. Uh, Dominion has spent uh, more than half a million on personal security, they say. The company uh, claimed to have incurred uh, more than a million dollars in total expenses relating to the disinformation campaign since the election. The suit says uh, Dominion was not founded in Venezuela to fix elections for Hugo Chavez, as Giuliani and others have falsely claimed. It was, they note, founded in 2002 in CEO John Paulus's basement in Toronto to help blind people vote on paper ballots. Despite a retraction demand letter in December and even after the January 6th attack on the Capitol, Giuliani kept up with his uh, Dominion attacks. Indeed, to this day, he continues to double down on the big lie, Dominion concludes in their suit. So if you have any questions or thoughts on any of this, uh, I'm at 818-985-5735. But of course, that was not the only lie that Team Trump used to try and steal our November election from the voters. And as we have learned over the past few days, they got shockingly close to doing exactly that. Let me take a quick break here and we will pick up at that point uh, with this gobsmacking news we have learned over the uh, over the weekend and now into today about just how close Trump actually was to pulling off this coup and stealing this election right in front of all of us. That's straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Thank you. 
Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Brother, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. All right, let's pick up where we are. So Rudy Giuliani is now facing a $1.3 billion lawsuit for having lied about the uh, voting machine company Dominion. To what end? Well, we don't know, uh, but it is becoming uh, somewhat clearer and clearer what they were trying to do with some pretty remarkable scoops over the uh, just the past couple of days, again, since we got off air uh, on Friday night, uh, some rather gobsmacking news about it all, in fact. Uh, in his last weeks in office, former former President Donald Trump considered moving to replace the acting attorney general at the Department of Justice with another official ready to pursue unsubstantiated claims of election fraud on his behalf. And he pushed the Justice Department to ask the Supreme Court to invalidate President Biden's victory. That according to reporting this weekend from Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal. Those efforts failed due to pushbacks, uh, pushback from his own appointees in the DOJ who refused to file what they viewed as a legally baseless lawsuit in the Supreme Court. Later, other senior department officials threatened to resign en masse should Trump fire then-acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, according to several people familiar with the discussion and an original gobsmacking report from The New York Times on Friday night. Now, we're talking about the acting attorney general who he that Trump came very close to firing was the one that Trump appointed to replace Bill Barr, who replaced his first attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Uh, and, and, and when Trump's corruption became so blatant that even Bill Barr could not abide it, Bill Barr left to be replaced by acting A.G. Rosen just weeks before the inauguration. And then Rosen was almost replaced, we have now learned, by yet another guy who reportedly was willing to do Trump's bidding with the DOJ to try and steal the election for Donald Trump. Senior department officials, including Rosen, former Attorney General Bill Barr and former acting Solicitor General Jeffrey Wall, all refused to file the Supreme Court case. So, uh, Trump was pushing for this even while Bill Barr was still there. But they refused to file a case with the Supreme Court, concluding that there was no basis, none, to challenge the election outcome. A former administration official told The Wall Street Journal, quote, he wanted us, the United States, to sue one or more of the states directly in the Supreme Court. In other words, he wanted the Department of Justice to sue those states uh, 
because their voters elected Joe Biden instead of Donald Trump. The, uh, the official told The Wall Street Journal the pressure got really intense after a lawsuit that Texas had filed in the Supreme Court against four states that Biden won was dismissed on December 11. After his Supreme Court plan got nowhere, Trump explored another idea, the idea of replacing Rosen as the acting attorney general with a guy by the name of Jeffrey Clark. He is a Trump ally in the department who had expressed a willingness to go ahead and use the, the DOJ's power to help the former, the now former president continue his unsuccessful legal battles contesting the election results, according to the sources who spoke again to Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal. Trump reportedly only backed off of that plan after senior Justice Department uh, leadership threatened to resign en masse if the president removed the acting attorney general, uh, Rosen. Now, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wrote on Twitter in response to this story that was uh, the scoop originally from The New York Times that broke on Friday night, just after we got off air, uh, that the Justice Department inspector general, quote, must launch an investigation into this attempted sedition now. This attempted sedition, I guess, being separate from the attempted sedition that took place at the U.S. Capitol on January 6. So, yes, the delay now in the Senate impeachment trial, it seems, of two weeks is not going to be useful to Donald Trump as more and more of this stuff continues to come out. Former senior Justice Department official David Lofman told MSNBC on Friday night, we saw the coup attempt at the Capitol on January 6th. Little did we know that one had been attempted at the Department of Justice itself. Trump and Clark, uh, this was the guy who was a little bit lower on the rung below uh, acting Attorney General Rosen. Trump and Clark had come up with a plan to get rid of Rosen. As the uh, Times' Katie Brenner broke uh, on Friday night, freeing them up to use the Justice Department's resources to somehow pressure Georgia state lawmakers to somehow nullify, void its presidential election results entirely. Now, how did they think they could do that? How did they think they could uh, convince the state to just simply say, oh, our election results are void? Never mind. We'll give our our, uh, electoral college votes to Donald Trump. Well, I'll get to that in a moment. After explaining what the Times' Katie Brenner actually reported on Friday night that was just, uh, as I said, gobsmacking. I I need another word for gobsmacking, Des. I don't know. You got one for me? Look at Check the thesaurus, please. Astounding, mind-blowing. All of those things, yes. The Justice Department's Uh, Top leaders listened in with stunned silence this month, Katie Brenner reports. This month, one of their peers, they were told, had devised a plan with President Donald J. Trump to oust Jeffrey Rosen, Trump's acting attorney general, and wield the department's power in order to force, to force Georgia state lawmakers to overturn the state's presidential election results. The unassuming lawyer who worked on the plan... That's Jeffrey Clark. He had been devising ways to cast doubt on the election results and to bolster Trump's continuing legal battles and pressure 
uh, and, and the pressure on Georgia uh, politicians. Because Rosen had refused the president's entreaties to carry out those plans, Trump was about to decide whether to fire Rosen and replace him with Clark at the very last minute so they could pull off this stunning coup. The department officials were convened on a conference call. They asked each other, what will you do if Mr. Rosen is dismissed? And the answer was unanimous. They all said that they would all resign. Their informal pact ultimately helped persuade Trump to keep Rosen in place, calculating that a furor over mass resignations at the DOJ, at the very top of the DOJ, would eclipse any attention on the baseless accusations of voter fraud that Donald Trump was making at the time. Trump's decision came only after Rosen and Clark made their competing cases to him in a bizarre White House meeting that officials compared with an episode of Trump's reality show, The Apprentice, albeit one that could prompt a constitutional crisis, as Benner notes. So he was... He was play acting The Apprentice as president with both of these Trump appointees at the DOJ in the White House, where, by the way, they shouldn't have even been in the first place. And there they are presenting their best case to Donald Trump in the boardroom as if it was the TV show to see if one of them would be fired or not so that Trump could then use the DOJ and maybe his stolen and packed Supreme Court to try to steal the 2020 presidential election. That's how close all of this came to getting much, much worse just weeks ago. And I know it feels like Donald Trump is gone. We don't want to talk about him. It felt the very next day after he was gone, it felt like he had been gone for a month. Yeah, it was a huge relief. I mean, pretty much worldwide. (laughs) But, yeah, I know, but... Um, this all just happened days ago. There has been no accountability for this stuff. And frankly, uh, much of this stuff we did not know. And it's clear that there's a lot more stuff that we still do not know. So in this uh, meeting, uh, Trump also pressed Rosen to appoint special counsels, including one who would look into, yes, Dominion voting systems which Trump allies had falsely said was working with Venezuela to flip votes from Trump to Biden and for which that company Dominion is now suing both Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, each of them for one point three billion dollars. After the New York Times story was published on Friday, uh, Clark at the DOJ categorically denied that he had devised any plan to oust Rosen or to formulate recommendations for action based on factual inaccuracies gleaned from the Internet. But as The Times reports, when Trump said on December 14 that Attorney General Bill Barr was leaving the department, officials thought that the new guy coming in, the acting Attorney General Rosen, would, you know, have a little bit of time before before he was pressed about these false voter fraud claims. Barr was still going to be around for another week, even once it was announced that he was going to be leaving. Instead, according to The Times, Trump summoned Rosen, who was going to be the acting attorney general in about a week. He summoned Rosen to the Oval Office the very next day. He wanted DOJ to file legal briefs supporting his political campaign allies' lawsuits seeking to overturn his election laws. 
He wanted the DOJ, the the nation's attorneys, to file a lawsuit essentially on behalf of Donald Trump's campaign. And he urged Rosen to appoint special counsels to investigate not only the unfounded accusations of widespread voter fraud, but also to look into Dominion, the voting machine company. I should note here that Dominion, uh, after suing so far, both uh, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani have said that they are likely not done. And when they were asked whether they would sue Donald Trump himself, well, they have indicated that they are interested in suing anyone who has lied about the company and that they are now still looking at everybody who has done so. So, yes, Donald Trump could also see one of those $1.3 billion defamation suits coming his way soon as well. Nonetheless, uh, Rosen refused Trump's entreaties. Uh, He reiterated what Barr had privately told Trump, that the department had investigated voting irregularities and that they found no evidence of widespread fraud. Again, this is coming from Bill Barr, who was willing to do anything for this president. To lie. I mean, was there anything that Bill Barr would not lie about on behalf of Donald Trump? Apparently there is. Who knew? So Trump continued to press Rosen uh, after that initial meeting. He pressed him in phone calls. He pressed him in person. I cannot underscore how inappropriate it is for a president of the United States to be pressing someone at the DOJ, whether they are acting attorney general or not. Doesn't matter. How inappropriate that is. That is not the way this system works at all. The DOJ does not belong to the president. The DOJ belongs to the American people. Uh, Trump had repeatedly said he did not understand why the Justice Department had not found evidence that supported conspiracy theories about the election that some of his personal lawyers had espoused, had told him, had promised him were definitely true. I mean... After all, some of them met with Hugo Chavez just two years ago after Hugo Chavez had been dead for five years. And Donald Trump couldn't understand why they weren't looking into that. Uh, Trump declared that the, uh, uh, the department, again, the U.S. Justice Department, not Donald Trump's Justice Department, was not fighting hard enough for him. As Trump focused uh, increasingly on Georgia, a state that he lost narrowly to Biden, he complained to DOJ leaders that the Trump appointed U.S. attorney down in Atlanta, a guy by the name of Byung J. Pack, I think they call him B.J. Pack, that he was not trying hard enough to find evidence for these false election claims being pushed by Rudy Giuliani and others. Trump's efforts to pressure Georgia's Republican secretary of state to, quote, find him votes, the recording of which we all heard a couple of weeks ago, compelled Pac to abruptly resign this past month. That's why the U.S. attorney said, no, I'm not playing along. I'm leaving. Trump called his own appointed U.S. attorney a never Trumper in that conversation, that taped conversation that we heard with the secretary of state of Georgia because he would not push these phony fraud claims in Georgia. And presumably, I don't know, I guess Donald Trump wanted him to arrest people who had done nothing wrong on, you know, trumped up claims of voter fraud. Uh, So Clark 
uh, the guy who was going to help Donald Trump in all of this, the guy that Trump was able to find at the DOJ who was willing to do his bidding, he too was focused on Georgia. He drafted a letter that he wanted Rosen to send to Georgia state legislators that wrongly said that the DOJ was investigating accusations of voter fraud in their state and that they should move to void Biden's win in the state because the DOJ was investigating fraud. They were pretending. Therefore, they should void the results of millions of voters in the peach state. Void? The DOJ does not have the power to do that. They don't have the power to send a letter telling someone they should void results. <laughs> That's only because you're not Donald Trump for whom anything is possible if he just presses people hard enough for it. I disagree. I am Donald Trump. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, why not? Why not? We can say anything we want now. I am Donald Trump, and I met with Hugo Chavez just last Sunday. A few days, apparently, after uh, New Year's, Clark secretly met with Donald Trump again. He was meeting. Now you have a top DOJ official not only inappropriately meeting with the president, he's doing so secretly, not even telling the attorney general or the acting attorney general in this case. He then went in and informed Rosen, the acting attorney general, that the president was going to fire him and replace him with Clark himself, who could then go ahead and try to stop Congress from certifying the election, uh, the electoral college results. He said that Rosen could stay on if he wanted to. It was very nice of Clark. He said he could stay on as his deputy attorney general which reportedly left Rosen speechless. Yeah, he's a real nice guy. And apparently he was also mentored by Rosen. Yeah. And so to have yeah. your to to have someone you mentor to come up to you and say, "Hey, right. you know, we're going to get rid of you now because we're going to try to steal the election right. and but if you're lucky, you can be my deputy." <laughs> this all actually happened. This is not a movie yet. This all happened and it happened just days ago. It happened this month. Uh, Rosen said uh, that he needed to hear straight from Trump about all of this, and he worked with the White House counsel uh, to convene a meeting for early that evening. That was the uh, apparently the apprentice meeting, as I understand it. And it came after all of the other top uh, officials at DOJ said, yes, they would resign if this happened, if Rosen was fired and if Clark replaced him. That was apparently enough to scare Trump out of the scheme. So how was all of this then to have played out? After all, even voiding Georgia, even if they had figured out how to do this, uh, that would not have given Trump a second term. At least two other states would have had to have flipped their results somehow to Donald Trump as well. Well, on Sunday night, Brendan Keefe, he's the uh, investigative reporter at Atlanta's WXIA, uh, this is 11 Alive, the NBC affiliate in Atlanta. He may have given us some clues uh, in a short tr uh, Twitter thread on this. He says, clearer picture of the full court press to overturn Georgia's presidential election emerges with new pieces of the puzzle. Just five days after January 6th, the day of uh, that uh, Congress was... Um, the day after Congress was meeting to affirm Biden's Electoral College victory, Georgia's General Assembly would meet in regular session. So five days after that attempted coup at the at the uh, Capitol, 
Georgia's General Assembly, Republican Majority Assembly, was preparing to meet for their regular session. Keefe reports that was the end game if Congress was able to delay the Electoral College certification long enough. Just five days. Georgia's very Trumpy Republican governor, Brian Kemp, had refused Trump's supporters' demands to call a special session of the General Assembly, notes Keefe. So they had to wait till this regular session just five days later. Attempts by Trump to get Secretary of State Raffensperger to find 11,000 votes under threat of prosecution and previous cajoling from Senator Lindsey Graham, all of that had failed. B.J. Pack, the U.S. attorney in Atlanta, abruptly resigned the Monday after Trump had labeled his hand-picked federal prosecutor a never-Trumper on that call with Raffensperger. And now the DOJ inspector general is investigating if Pack was forced out for failing to support uh, the claims of election fraud, says Keefe. Because, of course, he was. A U.S. attorney does not just leave days before the end of a presidential term for fun. Oh, that's it. I'm done. New York Times detailed an attempt to uh, remove the acting AG for refusing to send a letter to Georgia legislators. Uh, Keefe notes the draft uh, letter falsely claimed that justice was investigating election fraud. By the way, now uh, open records requests have been filed. Freedom of Information Act requests uh, for that letter, which exists somewhere, which we have yet to see. Uh, But that letter was drafted so that Georgia would somehow replace Biden electoral uh, slate with Trump's electors. None of this would work unless the electoral vote certification on January 6th could somehow be delayed in Congress until Georgia's General Assembly session began on January 11, five days later. The January 6th insurrection, notes Keefe, delayed it for hours, but Giuliani called Alabama's new Republican senator, Tommy Tuberville, during during the siege to ask him to try to just slow everything down. But because Giuliani is so stupid, he called Utah Senator Mike Lee instead and left the message on his voicemail in the middle of the siege, trying to get Tuberville to block all of the states, as many as he could, to delay Electoral College certification for days, if possible. And now we know in just five days, had they been able to slow it down with the insurrection and then repeatedly challenging uh, the electoral votes in state after state, that they could delay it until Georgia's Republican legislature was set to go into a regular session, at which time, in theory, they would somehow vote to give the state's slate of electors to Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden, who actually won the electors in the state. Here's Giuliani on Senator Lee of Utah's voicemail, leaving a message for newly elected Senator Tuberville from Alabama, asking him to stall, stall, stall. Senator Tuberville, or I should say Coach Tuberville, this is Rudy Giuliani, president's lawyer. I'm calling you because I want to discuss with you how they're trying to rush this hearing and how we need you, our Republican friends, to try to just slow it down so we can can get these legislatures to get more information to you. And uh, I know they're they're uh, reconvening at 8 tonight, but the only strategy we can follow is to object to numerous states and raise issues so that we get ourselves into tomorrow. 
ideally until the end of tomorrow. I know McConnell is doing everything he can to rush it, which is kind of a kick in the head because it's one thing to oppose us. It's another thing not to give us a fair opportunity to contest it. He wants to try to get it down to three, only three states that we contest. Well, there, there are 10 states that we contest, not three. So if, if you could object to every state <laughs> and along with the congressman get a hearing for every state, I know we would delay you a lot, but it would give us the opportunity to get the legislators who are very, very close to pulling their votes, particularly after what McConnell did today. It angered them because they have written letters asking that you guys adjourn and send them back the questionable ones and they'll fix them up. Fix them up. So if I'm, this phone number, I'm available on all night and it would be an honor to talk to you. Thank you. So he wanted Tuberville, as we hear in that call to Senator Lee, not to Tuberville, uh, he wanted him to object to every state, not just three, but 10 states. And each state would take at least two or three hours that they would have to debate over whether to keep the, you know, the electoral votes that, you know, people actually cast. But really, the whole thing was meant to delay, delay, delay. And if I'm not mistaken, this was in the middle of the siege on the Capitol. In the middle of the siege, while those people were uh, in in secure locations, uh, hiding for their lives from people who wanted to kill them for hours, Giuliani is saying, hey, buddy, I know you're in uh, hiding there. But, I know you you're know, busy. But, yeah, um... you may be busy right now, but do you mind stalling this for a few days for us? Now, uh, Brendan Keefe uh, comes back. He's the reporter with Atlanta's uh, 11 Alive. He says the mystery. Why the extraordinary effort to overturn just Georgia so late in the game when other battleground states would be needed to flip the Electoral College? He asks, were there similar last minute efforts in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada yet to be revealed? He notes we are investigating all of it. Well, good. He should. I suspect the uh, theory, frankly, was that if they could get just one of these legislatures to flip one state, that that would somehow give permission to the others to try to do the same where they have Republican majorities in control. And then one state after another would fall. It would be declared a failed election. And the entire matter would then have to be thrown to the House of Representatives under the 12th Amendment, where the states on a one vote per state vote would determine who the next president was. Now, even though, understand this, even though Democrats have a majority of representatives in the House, the 12th Amendment has it such that each state actually gets one single vote to figure out the presidency, who will be the president in the case of a failed election. And because Republicans, they actually have a majority of the state delegations. Even though they have fewer people there, they have a majority of the state delegations. And they would be able to, therefore, award a second term to Donald Trump as per the 12th Amendment. Coup accomplished. That was the plan. And they came stunningly, breathtakingly, yes, gobsmackingly close to pulling it off, it seems. 
so and and this is just what we've we've learned in the few hours uh, over the past weekend in the few days since Donald Trump has been removed from office. I got to get out. Let me take a quick break here. We'll try to come back if we have time for any calls. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. You need to understand what happened here so that we can figure out what the hell to do about it so that, you know, two weeks from now when the Senate impeachment trial starts, I don't want to hear everybody, oh, why, it's over, he's gone, why should we worry? This is why we should worry. Quick break and we're back. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Welcome back to the broadcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Yes, I know. I I yes, ran you're long. Running a little bit late. <laughs> yeah, which leaves us only. But you know, you uh, note uh, as we were chatting during the break, uh, Dazzy Doyen. Uh, this is not just about accountability. This is about consequences. There yeah. needs to be a co- uh, consequences for uh, you know what these guys did, or it will happen again. Yes, as we continue to see that it continues. These kinds of attempts to steal elections will continue to happen as long as there are no consequences. And it's really troubling how many. Republicans were willing to help Trump, but there at least were a few that held the line. And there are a lot more we don't even know about yet. We'll have to get to it on tomorrow's broadcast. Time only for one quick call from Morris in Long Beach. Uh, hey, Mo, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Got 15 seconds. Hit it. <laughs> I just need five, Brad. Anybody that lend their voice to stop the steal program, they should be arrested under the 14th Amendment, Section 3. Everybody says they defend the Constitution. Let's do it. Talk to you later. We're on it, Mo. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, and thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to my board operator, D'Angelo Jones, who's back with us today. Welcome back, D'Angelo. And to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can drop me email if you want. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. I will see you there until we see you here next time, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.